Friday night. Got my good friend Matthew Flaherty on for round three for the Nearmet.com podcast. Matt, welcome back to the show, my friend. And cheers to you. Thank you for having me back. I know we've been trying to uh, plan this third one and something came up and that came up and then Mm -hmm. procrastination skills really kicked in. And uh, you text me yesterday and I was like, all right, I'm doing it tonight. That's it. Tomorrow. How's how's 830? Let's go. Yeah, Friday night. Let's do it. Happy hour with Matthew. I'm, I'm into it. And since the last podcast, I thought we've done four together. I guess we've only done two, but we've seen each other often and, co- you know, all this messaging and, and uh, training together. Matthew actually came out to Denver in September for the Flexible Steel course. And that was a fantastic course. Thank you for teaching that at our gym. That was, I still use that stuff every day. So that was, as a who hang out, we went to Jones Pass, to Sean's run. And um, yeah. yeah, that was, that was a wonderful time. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it probably feels like four because I, I think, I mean, I've lost count, but I think I am the most mentioned guest on your podcast. I think by far you, you are. Yeah. And, and, and to, cl- to clarify, Alex, I did not start the fires. <laughs> Fact. Not I walked Matthew the whole time, except for he's peeing. He did not start the fire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, man, I'm glad you guys had me out there. Uh, any excuse for me to get out to Colorado is... Uh, well, uh, well taken and well deserved, and uh, you'd be to come to be able to come out and teach flexible steel was uh, was pretty awesome. It was a good weekend. It was a good weekend. I'm glad to hear that. It's, you know, I uh, it's such a good course. If anybody gets a chance to take it, I suggest it in a heartbeat. And um, you don't need equipment for it. You can do it anywhere. I have people of all ages and backgrounds and kids doing it, and it just works amazingly well. And um, so that was back in September, middle of September, when you came out to to teach that. Yeah. Yeah. I think we had just, uh, we had just settled back into the city, um, moving back in after, uh, quarantining out on Long Island at my in-laws for March, April, May, June, July, August, September, five, basically, basically six months. Um, just because we just needed to get out of the city. You know, when all this started, it was, uh, my kids would have basically, we would have had to sign up for times for them to play in the stairwell um versus you know going out there and having a backyard and you know the dogs could run around and uh so it was it was good that we that we had that opportunity to get out there but it was also really good to get back to back to my space (laughs) oh yeah and he gave me a great tour of the place you can probably hear pugsley and wednesday his dogs snoring on his lap right now pugsley (laughs) i don't want to disturb the old lady hear her rest (laughs) Oh, you're my girl. My girl. Oh, she's so cute. She actually made a cameo when we were at the the SFG one in Denver. Both dogs. They both did. Yeah, they were my uh, they were my road dogs uh, driving driving out to Colorado and uh, driving back. That's right. Uh, And Fabio was teaching that one, and Doc Hartle was our team leader. And yep. Yep. And then you came over there, and then uh, were you going to Steamboat? That the. I was coming back from Steamboat. So that trip was all the stars aligned for a couple things. I had, I had driven out with the two dogs to copper. Mm-hmm. I had ridden the copper triangle. What is uh, that triangle? It is a hundred and 16 mile tour. hundred. No, just, uh, <laughs> it's just over a hundred miles. I've done a couple of them out there and I kind of forget the exact mileage, but I believe it's just over a hundred miles, um, around, uh, around copper mountain starts and ends at copper 
um, up a couple of the passes, uh, up Vail Pass, Copper to Vail, up the backside of Vail Pass, and then back into Copper. Whoa. So is it Fremont Pass, Tennessee Pass, and Vail Pass? Is that Those are the ones. All right. Yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, especially training here at, you know, sea level. He's in New York City. I, I wouldn't clarify that. He's in New York City. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. So to, to go back uh, to the first part of the conversation, the last time we had our chat it was the, like, I don't know, the peak or the height of COVID restrictions. Yeah. And there was, it was very, you painted a very clear picture of how devastating it was in New York City. Um, so when you said you had a scheduled time for your kids to play in the stairwell, that, that's the reference we're talking about. Like, it was so restricted and so dangerous. There's a window right here that if you look out this window right down to the street, that is where the freezer trucks were with bodies. Wow. And, and see, in Denver, I, I haven't seen You know, we, we left because that's what the kids would have been looking at. Right. So disheartening. So, oh, so scary. And and also the first episode we had together was the first or second week in to the whole COVID situation in the middle of March, I believe. Um, yeah, when I packed basically a backpack to go out to my in-laws because we figured, hey, this will be over in two, three weeks. Right, right. That's what everybody thought. We didn't think this was still going to be going on now. Yeah, isn't that we, crazy? Stay home we for two left weeks. The city, we left the city the day, the day after, it was either the day after or the day before St. Patrick's Day. That's right, yep. Because that's when wow. basically shit hit the fan and uh, numbers started spiking and you know, like I said, we just didn't know if it was safe here. We didn't know what exactly was going on, but we just knew this was really not the place to be for, uh, you know, for these two weeks, mm-hmm. <laughs> six months later. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, you were, yeah. You were the first person to be on the show to talk about COVID and how it was affecting you because I mean, it affected all of us by middle of March, but you guys were yeah. the hardest, quickest. Oh, it's crazy to think like, I'm not going to get in numbers too much, but last I read is like one in five or one in six people in LA have it or have had it. Is that right? Yeah. I think there, there are a couple of hospitals in LA that are out of beds. Yeah. Um, multiple hospitals that their, their, their COVID unit is completely packed. Um, it's yeah, it's crazy the way, you know, the, the mutated virus, the new version, this and that, it's just, I don't, we did not expect this back in March. No, no, no. And, and that's just, you know, it's the, I hate saying it, but it's the new normal, you know, it's just kind of what we're, what we're dealing with now. Um, but, you know, thank God, you know, with the, you know, things dropping down a little bit and although now numbers are starting to spike again, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, we were able to, you know, come back here. The kids have been in school. They're getting, my, my kids are five and three. They get tested weekly. Um, yeah. We do the little, you know, the nose swab with them uh, every Wednesday drop it off uh, every Thursday, drop it off uh, with the school. They test it. Um, you know, the kids are limited in what they're doing in school, but at least they're still in school. Right. You know, so we, uh, the end of last year, they were both doing a uh, zoom school mm-hmm. and, you know, when we moved out to my in-laws, they, uh, you know, they were on zoom and when things started to calm down the beginning of the summer, and we told my older son that, uh, you know, they were going to go to camp. Did they want to do that? He kind of got, he gets this like depressed look on his face and he drops his shoulders and he goes, are we going to be on the same screen? Oh, wow. It was like, that was like his reality. That's what he thought. He's like, oh, I'm going to go to camp with friends like this on a screen. And we're like, no, 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 you're, you're going to go to camp. 
with other kids? Like, yeah, you're going to be camp with other kids. Do you want to do that? I was like, yes. You know, thank God, you know, we had a, we had a safe summer. You know, there were no cases in the summer. They did a great job testing, uh, you know, over there as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it gave the kids some normalcy wow. and, you know, these crazy times. That's fantastic. I'm glad they got to go to camp. That's great. I, um, here in, in Denver, we went from red to orange for the first time since November, beginning of November, which is great. And it allows for some indoor um, eating. It allows us to have some more people in our gym. We never went, <laughs> we took a, you've been to our gym. We took it very conservatively. I think we kept it at 12 people out of a potential, mm-hmm. much more than that. And now we can go a little higher, but we, we're not going to. But uh, yeah, for the kids' sake, we, we have four nieces under the age of seven. And I don't, I don't get to share that on social media. The parents don't want us to share that, so we don't. But most of our yeah. life revolves around the kids. And so watching their, like you said, the new normal for them, it's we're trying as much as possible. Like I don't engage in any kind of social activity outside of training people in, in person, you know, safely, and then seeing the in-laws and the nieces. So we're trying our best to make as normal and as interactive situation for them as possible. So yeah, I'm I'm hoping <laughs> that uh, it doesn't affect kids too long. Um, this whole situation, you know. Yeah, I mean, even for myself, you know, it's like look, obviously we got to make sacrifices. I get it. Mm-hmm. For myself, since. I started martial arts in 86, 87. Yes, 1986, 1987. This is the longest stretch that I have not been in a martial arts school. You know, they're, they're open, they're safe, they're operating with, you know, masks and, you know, obviously the social distancing and, but I just, I can't risk it with my kids. I yep. can't risk it with my parents, you know, it's like, yeah, ugh. You listen to the news, you know, this this station reports this, this station reports that. You don't know what to believe, but you know what the bottom line is? I'm not going to risk my kids or my parents. Right. So if I got to give this up for a little bit, then so be it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm glad to hear you say that. And, you know, I'll make these sacrifices, you know, for the greater good or for the good of all. And, um, but, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons this podcast has been so helpful for me personally. I get to talk to people like you, and, and like, this is my social interaction. On our yeah. front, and, I, and I enjoy it. I really do enjoy it. Uh, and it makes me do appreciate when I see a neighbor out walking the dog, and we'll talk for like 10 times longer than normal. <laughs> you know? yeah. And uh, yeah. I think it's bringing a little bit more courtesy and empathy to everybody, too. Like, uh, go to the store and you talk to the clerk. Hey, tell me about you. You know, how are you? Yeah. And uh, a little more humanity, which is uh, hopefully that carries over moving forward. Yeah, as much as we have less human contact, it's like we have more interaction. Yeah. Because you know, when you do see that one person, it's like, oh, sweet, another person. I'm going to talk to them for a little extra longer today so that I'm not just coming back to uh, the same four people. Yes, exactly. I get that. Oh, it's so good. So good. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's uh, – it is what it is. You know, you got to – you got to make the most of it. And, you know, when people ask, Oh, you're back in the city. How is it? It's like, look, everybody's happy, safe, and healthy. Mm-hmm. I really can't ask for much more than that. Totally with you on that. And, you know, there's been a lot of things I've learned. Um, I've had to help people too, as you have, like we're talking about before we push record about zoom and, and other mediums to help affect people. And, um, I know for the engagement writers, there's like 30, I, I lose track. I should know it's better. 35 writers, maybe 40. I don't know. It depends on if the kids are involved or not. And, uh, it's, it's good because it's been a nice outlet, creativity, you know, writing, interacting, um, you know, uh, 
creating content for YouTube and for and videos and such, people are getting much more into it. Like I was helping a person today, a fitness professional, utilize the equipment she already has to make videos for her her um, her students, her clients, you know, and how to how to enable um, you know using these videos through YouTube and link it to an email. Here's your workout. Interact via a FaceTime or a Google Duo or whatever or a Zoom and uh, affect people safely and keep connected. And I know you're doing a similar thing over there. Um, so I think even moving forward, this is a good opportunity for us to help people outside of our, our little area. Like you're, you're not in a little area, you're in New York City, but it's nice that you can affect people outside of your area now. Uh, so yeah. we'll take ways like that from this. Yeah, no, absolutely, 100%. Um, you know, I haven't, I haven't done too much training with Zoom, A, you know, really for two reasons. One, I just, you know, as much as this is what we have now, I, I prefer working with somebody live. Oh yeah. Uh, but also, you know, safely, like a lot of the people that I'm working with now don't necessarily mind being outside in a little bit of the cold, you know, getting some fresh air, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. Working with your mask, keeping the distance, but you know, they, they still want, you know, some of that interaction. They don't want everything to be about, you know, being on, you know, this, being on your iPad, being on your computer. Mm -hmm. So luckily I've still been able to, uh, you know, to see those, you know, some of those people live mm -hmm. and, and then getting to, you know, travel a little bit, you know, like you said, coming out to Denver, teaching the flexible steel and, you know, kind of making that, creating that community mm -hmm. and, you know, seeing what, seeing how those people can change other lives as well. You know, whether they're doing it zoom, whether they're doing it live. So, you know, still get to, still get to do that. Oh, that's great. And I'm with you. I, I love in person so much more than I do, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. I do love meeting people outside of the metro area for sure. But uh, seeing people in person, there's no mm -hmm. for it. Um, and I'm going to give a big shout out to our friend, Modest Yahoo, not the Orthodox Jewish rapper, my Orthodox Jewish friend. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and he comes and we train outside in the snow. He'll wear his ski jacket and soft shell pants and we'll train in the snow outside. And I love it. It's great because people are becoming people, at least I know more hardy, more robust to like embracing being outside. It's great to be outside. And a lot of people we get to work with, their activities are based outside skiing, snowboarding, horseback riding, bow hunting. That's all outside in the elements. So it's nice. We get to play in the elements. And on the other side of that, like most of the people that I train, you know, corporate lawyers, businessmen, they're inside all the time. So the fact that they now get to be outside, it's, you know, this is their hour outside Ooh. and that's what they, you know, that's, they, they, they love that. That's so great. I love it. It's a healthy outlet. I like it. Yeah. And it's funny you talk about the cold. Like the only reason that that air conditioner is off right now is because it would be making so much noise that you wouldn't be able to hear me. <laughs> My air conditioner is literally like, that's why I'm in a tank top. It's like, it's, I, I love the cold. Oh, me too. Oh, well, let's talk about the cold. I love the cold a lot. And that's, that's no secret. Everybody on this channel knows that. Uh, <laughs> Tell me about your experience with the cold and what you enjoy about it. Uh, I've, you know, years of snowboarding, years of, uh, you know, when I was skiing at first and then, you know, transitioning to snowboarding, I always just loved the winter. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's the December baby that I am that I was just always kind of drawn to that. It's like, oh God, it's too hot. It's, it's 40 degrees. It's too hot. When is it going to snow? You know? Yeah. Um, you know, people joke with me on my Facebook. Like, I literally have a countdown. It's uh, it's right here on the front. Like, I know exactly how many days until uh, winter 2021. Um, constantly, <laughs> what do we got? Winter 2021 is 346 days away. I'm not kidding. I have the countdown. 
And for you out there who don't know, winter solstice is the 21st of December. That's yep. the- I knew exactly when that was. And I think I got more comments on my Facebook page on the 21st than I did on my birthday. <laughs> yeah. People just know when it's, you know, when it's, when it, when it's winter, it's come talk to me. Um, so just from that, just from, you know, I guess my, you know, my love of winter sports and, you know, skiing and snowboarding and, you know, then I got into some of the cold exposure with uh, Wim Hof mm-hmm. and uh, I just, I don't know. I just prefer being cold than sweating my ass off being hot. I love it. You can always dress to the cold too, but you know, can't really I am hot. wearing a tank top. Literally. Yeah, exactly. And I'm wearing you know, wool and my window is open and it's uh, 26 out right now. So. I like it. It's funny, like my brother, when we go, uh, when we come out to Colorado and we go snowboarding, like he'll have on his, like, you know, his heaviest pants, his, uh, you know, heaviest, uh, uh, you know, sweatpants under it, long johns, his long socks. And he'll look at me. It's like, why, what, what are you wearing under your pants? I was like, underwear. It's like, no, and what else? Well, I've got socks on because I'm wearing boots. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's it. It's like, yeah, and that's why my vents are open. I'm so hot. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't know. There's just, there's just something about the cold that like, I find you, you, you learn more about yourself in the cold and how you react to it. And, uh, I just, I'd rather be in, I'd rather be in, you know, 24 seven blizzard than, uh, sitting on the beach. Oh, I love to hear that. Not that I don't like sitting on the beach, but you know, if it could snow while I was sitting on the beach, I'd be, <laughs> I, I'd be enjoying that too. I would, I would join you there for sure. <laughs> well, um, I've, I hit a threshold. You'll laugh at this. You, you know, I love cold weather camping and I've, I camp below zero pretty often. I've even got the dogs down below zero several times. And, um, my wife wanted to come with us last Friday. We went to Jones pass. Ooh, imagine that Jones pass. I'm always there. Where, where's that? Have you, is that a new place for you? I, I just found it. No, my friend, uh, Matt told me about it. <laughs> Checked it out. And, um, I was gonna go up there and film some, uh, Avalanche safety videos with my friends from uh, Friends of Birthed Pass, which is a nonprofit out here. Birthed Pass is um, one pass over from Jones Pass, actually. So they actually kind of touch. They're, it's very close. You're, you were really close to Birthed Pass. And we get there, and um, this was last Friday, about 4 o'clock. And the sun sets here at like 4.30, but in the mountains, it's like 3.30 because mountains block the sun. And um, we had high humidity. You're going to laugh. The humidity is 50%. That's not very high for you guys, I know. But for us out here, that's really high. So that makes it stick to your bones a little bit more. <laughs> I'm trying to give my wife all the excuses possible here. So she's with us. And um, we get there. We get out. And it's 15 degrees. You know, wind chills like 5. It was it was cold. So we lasted about 15 minutes. And to save my marriage, I came home. <laughs> <laughs> I joke. I joke with people. It can't be cold if it's double digits. Right. Right. I'm with you on that. You can, and, and they're like, wait, what about negative 11? I'm like double digits. It's not cold. <laughs> Just super cold. So, so nine to negative nine. That's the only spots it's cold. That's a, 10 degrees. <laughs> oh, I can appreciate that. Um, I do have one secret hack. If you're going to camp in the winter and you are trying to uh, push the, your thermal efficiency of a sleeping bag down pants, they're not very heavy. They're like 10 ounces. And uh, Mountain Hardware sent over a pair of down pants. And it's like wearing sleeping bags in your legs. It's super hot. So I can use a 20-degree bag in zero degrees and be totally fine. See, whenever we did – so I'm, I'm an Eagle Scout. Mm-hmm. And whenever we went camping in the winter, it was like my sleeping bag. That was it. That was Same it. thing. Like 
stripped underwear. That's what I slept in indoors, indoors with the fire, without a fire in a lean to in the wilderness, building your own shelter. Like, I don't know if my parents just bought me like this amazing sleeping bag that was like super warm, but no matter what bag I had, like I, you know, first time I went out, it's like, Oh, wear all your clothes, put your boots in your sleeping bag. That'll keep them warm. Great. It's like, by the end of the night, it's like all my clothes were in the sleeping bag and I woke up and it's just like, I'm just in my underwear. And that's, I don't know. I've just, I've never felt cold. You had me beat there. Have you had your DNA tested? Are you, are you a uh, Yeti? What is this? <laughs> yeah, I did. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> I, I had mine tested. I'm 90, 94% Neanderthal. So you might be up at like 98%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're a distant cousin of, uh, not too distant. Actually, you're pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, no, I've never, like I said, I've never, uh, I've just always gravitated towards the cold. Oh, I dig it. Do you have any, uh, tips or tricks you can teach people about handling the cold? Like a Wim Hof, like what have you learned from the Wim Hof method? It's funny. Like I won't, it is a little separate from the Wim Hof, but like, I won't notice or feel the cold until somebody says to me, Hey, aren't you cold? And it's almost like then it like kind of kicks in that like, well, wait, am I supposed to be feeling cold? Yeah, no, it's definitely a little, no, I now feel the wind. Yeah, no, 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 it feels good. But I still just never, never get the cold. Right. Like I never, never like just walk out and like, oh my God, I'm freezing. It's like we did our Christmas photo shoot last year. We we had snow. Mm -hmm. I was told to put on a jacket so I didn't look weird. But I I, I was still out in shorts and flip-flops. That's impressive. Yeah. And that's how some of our Christmas and holiday photo shoot went uh, last year, uh, two years ago, two years ago, because we didn't have Mason. So two, uh, two years ago. Um, but just some of the stuff through the Wim Hof, it's just, it's power of the mind. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of it is, you know, just kind of breathing through it. Like if you can get to a point where if you think it's cold, you're going to be cold. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like whether you think you're failed, you're wrong or you're right. I so screwed up that quote. The Henry Ford Whether quote? Whether you, you can or you can't, you're right. There you go. Yeah, there it is. That's a good one. Is it? Is it um, Zig Ziglar or Henry Ford? I forget who said that. Or maybe both. It's well, a good probably one. both. Probably right. both. Yeah. But it's funny. Like one of the books that I was reading um, kind of has a, a, a spin on that. So one of the books that I'm reading now is uh, When Violence is the Answer. Mm-hmm. Oh, and he basically that. goes into the same thing. He's like, if, if you're being attacked and you think you're going to lose – or the attacker has the power, oh my God, oh my God, you're gonna lose, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Versus, okay, if somebody comes and attacks me, we are equal and I'm gonna do whatever I can. Well, then you have a fighting chance. So a lot of it just comes from, you know, comes from up here and, and what is your thought about the situation? And I say the same things with, uh, you know, the, the martial artists and when, you know, when they compete. If they go up to a tournament and they look at the brackets and it's like, oh my God, I'm fighting this person. It's like, there's nothing I can do as a coach. You have already lost because you've already lost up here. Right. Between the years. Mm. And um, I, I, from my experience, that's just what I find with with the cold and uh, cold exposure as well. I dig that. And I, I can I can attest what you're saying too about um, planting a seed. And, and, you know, back, you know, our friend Eric Frohart had something nice to say about this that really resonated. Um, calm is contagious, right? So, so yeah. it's here. So, you know, like exactly. you, you plant a good seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's funny. He, um, 
I believe it was on uh, on one of your podcasts where he spoke about, you know, with, with fear and you get lost in the woods. Humans are the only animals that start to run when they're scared. That blew my mind. Yeah, that was that blew of, like, and it's almost like, you know, I think about it. It's like going back to like my martial arts, like if I'm fighting somebody and I'm down and it's like, oh, my God, the time's running out. What do I do? I just start throwing like crazy kicks like I just need to score points versus I right, let me calm down. Let me react. Okay, no, I got the time. The timer's against me right now, but you know where can I go in for the kill? Mm -hmm. And it, it's just, it's just really interesting when he heard that. It was like I kind of had to like rewind, like go back, like wait, what, what the hell did he just say? And it was like, yeah, you know what? That's right. Like we get lost in the woods. What do we do? We start running that way because we think that we're going. Oh no, no, I'm supposed to run that way. Oh no, I'm supposed to run that. Oh no, I'm supposed to run that way. And then we're even more lost. Yeah. Calm down. Retrace your footsteps. Focus. And you'll find your way. I'm glad that resonated with you too. There was a lot of things in that conversation that I was like, whoa, <laughs> like yeah. you said, rewind, listen to that again a few times. Mm -hmm. And to be totally honest, he did a, did a podcast with uh, Brad Kearns um, about a month ago. And it was even more fascinating than the one I got to have with him. It, Brad does a great job of uh, asking good questions and navigating and moderating. And Eric just lays out awesome awesome responses it, it's worth checking out i'll put mm -hmm. links in the show notes below for that too but yeah yeah that's very helpful so you've, you've done a lot of breathing techniques uh yeah. i get lost with the breathing stuff the oxygen advantage wim hof there's a lot lot to it are there a few of your favorite ones you want to share with us lately i've been diving a lot more into the oxygen advantage and buteco Ooh, and what is the difference because I have not looked enough into that. Uh, nothing and everything. <laughs> Fair answer. <laughs> yeah, so I went, so I first went through, okay, backtrack, mm -hmm. ground force method. Yes. Part of the course in ground force method, we talk about uh, breathing and we do like very basic Buteco breathing. So the founder, the creator of Ground Force Method, Peter Lakatos, is also a Buteco and Oxygen Advantage Master Instructor. Um, he actually has a great course, which I'm starting to go through now, on the Ground Force Method site uh, called Breathe. And he, he goes through, he basically goes through a lot of the information. We'll go into some of that as well. Um, so I first, so, so ground force method, we go through some of the, some of those breathing techniques. And the first time I went through it, it, it there was, there was a pretty big difference. Like I, like my body started to feel different and it was like one of those, like, Whoa, all, all I did here was breathe. What? Huh? Whoa. Why? What's going on? What's going on here? So fast forward a couple of years, I was invited to, I had done some of my own stuff. I had done some stuff with Wim Hof. I was, I was introduced to that from Dave Whitley, actually at a, um, uh, actually at the strong first event, uh, at my, uh, level I was assisting, I was assisting him at a level two. Oh, wow. And I had to redo, uh, you know, I've recertified, do everything. Mm -hmm. And he knew my history with, I hate the snatch test. Let's go back even further. Let's go back even further. My first kettlebell event. 
I had broken my nose a couple weeks before at a tournament. So I was like, all right, look, I'm just going to go through whatever I can. Well, it was like rep 34, 35 of my snatch test that, well, it just went everywhere. And the guy that was counting just kind of turned around and I was like, I'm still going like blood dripping down my nose on my shirt, like, like full Viking moment. Yeah. And he's like, stop. I have, I'm done counting. Stop. So since then I've just, I've always had, since that point, I've always had an issue with, with the snatch test. So Dave knew this, mm-hmm. had me do a couple of uh, breathing techniques and snatch test. No problem. And that was the Wim Hof stuff. So that was kind of what started me with kind of down that, the, 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 you know, the breathing path. So actually what he had me do was he had me do a couple of, he had me first do some pushups, do as many pushups as you can. I don't, I don't remember what my number was. Then he had me do 30 of basically the basic Wim Hof breathing breaths, redo your pushups. And it was significantly more. And I was like, wait a minute, my second set was easier and more than my first set when I was fatigued because I just went to failure. And it was only like a minute or two minutes later. So that's what, again, started my kind of dive into uh, dive into this. So now fast forward to ground force method, part of the course is on breathing, buteco breathing. I get invited to go through the oxygen advantage course. Comes full circle, I took my oxygen advantage final while I was in the hotel room before the copper triangle. What? Yeah. Yeah. So I was doing some of that breathing for that, for that, uh, for that ride as well. So oxygen advantage is for the exercise in it are geared more towards the athlete. Mm -hmm. So then fast forward about another year, I get invited to take the Buteco course. Now the Buteco course is almost like, I don't want to say a step under, but excuse me, the general population course of oxygen advantage. Okay. So Patrick McEwen, who, you know, was the instructor of the course studied under, under Buteco, Buteco clinic teaches the course for general population. Now, how do I apply that towards my athletes with the different, nasal breathing techniques. So I've been, I've been doing a lot more lately with, uh, with that again, you know, Peter's course online through the GFM site, the ground force method site called breathe. Mm -hmm. Um, and and just going through that and, and our two tests, our two evals are what we call your control pause, which is take a normal breath in normal breath out, pinch your nose, hold your nose. How long can you, can you hold your breath? until the first sign that your body gives you that I need to breathe mm-hmm. contraction of your breathing muscles, the need to swallow, you feel your throat moving. So there's no, there's no, there's no active component to it. It's not, I'm going to hold my breath until I need to. It's when does your body tell you, mm-hmm. dude, you need to breathe. The second test is how long can you hold your breath? How long can you push yourself to holding your breath. And we look to get for, for the first one, for the control pause, we look to get, you know, between 20, 20 to 25, 20 to 30 seconds. And then based off of that, how do we, how do we program breathing for 
I feel I'm feeling very anxious. How do we use our breathing to calm you down? How do you, you in, in a case like me, like I pull my nose apart, I pull kind of my nose apart right now, I can breathe fine. But once I, once everything kind of closes up, I can't breathe anymore. And I'm, and I'm only pinching one side of my nose. Wow. You know, as my dad jokes, dude, the left side of your nose is on the right side of your face. <laughs> my nose like literally slants that way. Yeah. Um, so it's how do I, how do I get to control carbon dioxide? Mm-hmm. And because that's, that's the signal to breathe, not the lack of oxygen. It's how much of, of that buildup. How do I get to control that for a little bit longer? So that's where, so there, there's a, there's a ton of techniques just with, you know, some of the box breathing stuff, some of the, you know, pinch your hold, pinch, uh, you know, normal breath in, normal breath out, pinch and hold, hold your nose, five, four, three, two, one, continue breathing naturally. And then we add some faster movements, some, some head movements into that, some, you know, walking, some paces, you know, can you do 40 paces, 60 paces, 80 paces. But then once you let go of your nose, is it this huffing and puffing to control your breathing again or can you just breathe naturally so there's there's a whole education series just on that and there's there's a whole rabbit hole to you know fall into and dive into with uh with that alone i am so intrigued i have up the ground force method right here the breathe um it's only 65 dollars. that's crazy yeah yeah. And there's, I believe there's 22, 20, 21 or 22 sections of that. That's awesome. I'm going to sign for it tonight. And um, it also goes into, and, and this kind of goes back to, back to the FMS. Um, and I know I've heard this through the FMS and, and God, how many times I've heard, you know, Dr. Mark Chang say this as well, which translates to like my jujitsu and, you know, uncomfortable positions. If you can't breathe in that position, you don't own that position. So to kind of bring everything back to flexible steel. So some of our, our 90, 90 position or our, um, the rib grab, Mm -hmm. if you can't breathe in that position, you don't own that position. If you can't, so for level two, we go into some SOTS pressing, which is basically clean two bells, go to your bottom, the bottom of your squat position. And now press from there. If you're fighting your breathing there, you don't own that position. So you shouldn't even be pressing there. You should just be hanging out there learning how to breathe. Mm-hmm. Jiu-jitsu, if I'm rolling and I'm in an awkward position and I've got a 250-pound person trying to strangle the shit out of me, but I can't breathe there, I'm done. So being comfortable in those uncomfortable positions. I love that. And you, you did mention that in the flexible steel course. I think on, on day, day two, when you demonstrated some of the level two stuff and Mm -hmm. it totally triggered something to me after that course, I realized, you know, uh, doing, like you said, the rib pull or the pretzel or or something like that. If you don't own that position, then we, yeah, the breathing is so important. That was, it made a lot of sense to me when you said it. Yeah. And it, uh, like I said, you know, it's, (laughs) it's funny. It was like, you know, when, when I was in college and I like major, I had to declare a minor. And I was like, I don't mind her in English. And people were like, dude, you speak English. What do you need to learn more English? You know, it, it's, it's kind of the same. It's like with breathing. It's like, well, inhale, exhale. <laughs> There's a lot more than that. I think on that book, four, 
one, two, three, four, five, six. The books right there are all just about breathing. Wow. That's so fascinating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so oxygen advantage and, uh, buteco breathing with, uh, through the buteco clinic Perfect. is, uh, is what I've, what I've been trained in. And wonderful. And, um, buteco was named after uh Ukrainian Dr. Constantine buteco. Yep. Yep. Awesome. And so I like how you explain this. So that would be more approachable for the general population before they go into the oxygen advantage. Oxygen advantage. Yeah. I mean, you're still doing the same, the same screening and the same tests. It just has different names in the two. Um, and then the exercises change slightly as well, but yeah, for, you know, the person with, you know, lung disease, uh, you know, for, for here, I've worked with a couple of people that have had, uh, you know, lung issues due to, uh, nine 11, mm -hmm. um, uh, anxiety, panic attacks, depression, you know, things like that. How do I use my breathing to control that? I think the last three are very relatable for a lot of people right now. <laughs> so yeah. let's uh, look yeah. into that more for, for everybody's resources. Mm -hmm. Oh, this is super helpful. I, I had a, I had a client actually, a student who's a bow hunter, um, very good fitness and health. And he turned me on to oxygen advantage and he did a test and he hit like 25 or 30 seconds where, you know, he exhaled and then held his breath and he got mm -hmm. a you got very advanced. And then, so I downloaded the audio book and listened to it, um, going to Jones pass, imagine that. And, uh, mm -hmm. I tried it at 11,000 feet and, um, it's harder than it sounds. Yeah. It's funny. Cause like I said, you know, going through, going through that final exam for OA at, you know, Copper mountain, obviously a little bit higher than at sea level. <laughs> a little bit. And it's like, I start and it's like, why am I at eight seconds right now? What, what, what the hell is this? Eight seconds? I can't, I can't be at this. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So just changing, uh, you know, changing elevation, you know, how, how do I mimic that? How do I, how do I train at sea level? How, how do I get the benefits of training at altitude while I'm at sea level? Um, you know, without spending, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars on a, you know, hyperbaric chamber. Right. You know, how can I do that on my own? And that's what, you know, some of the stuff in OA goes over. Oh, that's so cool. You're probably the most learned person I know in different areas. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun to pick yeah. up because like, uh, I've worked with you on some, some strong first stuff and then flexible steel. And then I'm, I'm going through the online ground force method as well. Um, and you have such a vast knowledge base. Uh, the last, we were going to do a podcast, uh, maybe a month ago and the night before I received an email from Pavel Totsilin asking me if I would attend plan strong the next day in okay. like 12 hours later. So I'm like, man, I, I'm so sorry. I need to postpone at least two days because I've been invited to take this course and you were, um, taking, were you taking or, uh, teaching the, I was taking auditing the, um, the flexible steel Indian clubs course. Right. That's right. Uh, with uh, with James Needlinger. Um, he was at the time he was in uh, Hong Kong. Um, he had moved over there. He actually just moved back to the States. Uh, actually he should be landing any minute now back in Seattle. Um, he had moved over there for an opportunity with his wife and, uh, um, you know, that was for a set time. And now, now he's back, uh, back stateside. And, uh, yeah, I was just going through the, uh, the Indian clubs course with him. That's and so funny. 
one of the cool things that I like about that course, I've, I've gone through it before. Um, I just wanted to go through it again because it's been a while and I got to hang out with James too, you know, the, on social media, you know, on, on Zoom, uh, to hang out with him in Hong Kong a bit, and, you know, kind of pick his brain on some stuff as well. And just kind of seeing how the course has changed since I've gone through it, since I went through it uh, probably two, three years ago. Um, how to teach people, not just, hey, here are the patterns with Indian clubs, go. Mm -hmm. But here's how to teach the patterns, go. You know, so it's it's a lot more approachable for for the students um, and, and the attendees and and what they can take from it and you know, use with their, with their clients, with their athletes, with their patients, with their students. I like that. Admittedly, I've owned Indian clubs for two years now plus, and I have no idea how to use them <laughs> to be totally honest. They're right there. Um, I, I can, what are, is there two or three uh, main movement patterns with them? There's in the system that we teach, there's basically two, two, two main movements. Mm -hmm rising on the midline and falling on the midline. Okay. And then every other pattern is a variation of that. Whether, so falling on the midline, if I'm in that home position, it starts down, comes back up. So the midline, the club is falling on the midline. Rising is the other way. Cool. So now I've got two clubs rising on the midline, two clubs falling on the midline parallels where technically one is rising and one is falling on the midline alternating both are rising on the midline alternating both are falling on the midline parallels arms are now parallel on the midline um and that's an oversimplification of it um there's a lot more into it it's basically shoulder circles elbow circles and wrist circles in a bunch of different planes and a lot of people just look at it as oh it's just this great warm-up before my military press which i like i admittedly that's how i looked at it beforehand it's like all right great you know i'm every monday is bench day every wednesday is military press day so this is what i'm going to do to warm up my shoulders and to keep them safe but again as i kind of went down that rabbit hole as well yeah no there's there's a lot more you know to them in that component as well and the cool thing is since, since the last time that I had gone through it, James has taken a lot of the drills from the flexible steel one and incorporated them into teaching the Indian clubs. So taking like the Egyptians and some of the wrist circles that we did, incorporating them on the floor and now put a club in your hand while you do it. And guess what? You just learned your snake. Ooh, nice. And yeah, it was, it was really, really cool going through that. And there was some stuff that I've been having some trouble over the last <laughs> 10 years since I've been swinging clubs. Uh, some of the different techniques that I've been having trouble picking up that as soon as we went through that, it's like, Oh my God, here's my, there's my snake. Holy crap. That's all I had to do. <laughs> um, so it's, it's, it's really cool where that course is, where that course has gone. So if Indian clubs are something that, you know, you guys are into, I would 100% look into uh, the flexible steel Indian club stuff. Not honestly, not just because it's part of the system that I'm part of, but because it's, it is, like I said before, it's the only course that I've seen that is not just, here's the patterns, go do them. It's 
here's the patterns, here's how to teach them, mm-hmm. here are the regressions to getting into them, yes. now you can go teach them as well. Regressions, so important. <laughs> so You know, I, 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 used to, <laughs> I used to joke around, but people were like, no, dude, it's actually serious. Like, every trainer, every strength coach knows how to make something harder. Mm-hmm. Not the, It's the good ones that know how to regress those movements and get you to the base of where you need to then go back to that standard. That's a golden nugget right there. That is, if you're a fitness professional listening to this right now, that is the golden nugget right there. And then unfortunately though, sometimes, you know, you you see the coaches or, you know, you see the trainers out there that it's like, Oh, how do I progress something? And it's either one of two things, take away a base of support or make it heavier. You know, and then you start to get into like the circus tricks. It's like, oh, we'll jump on a BOSU ball, jump on this. With a blindfold. <laughs> Do a stability ball. Yeah. Well, it's funny. There's actually a lot to, you know, just doing stuff with your eyes closed or doing stuff blinking, even some basic movements. Like do a bicep curl with your eyes closed. Do a bicep curl where you're blinking both eyes together. Do a bicep curl where you're alternating which eye blinks. It totally changes the stimulus in the brain. Yeah. But some people just think, oh, you know, I need to keep my client. I need to keep my student entertained. And they do the stuff where it's like, dude, risk versus reward. And in their mind, risk versus reward is keeping the client, losing the client, mm. not what's going to get them to their goal. Ooh, this is such an important, this is their golden nugget. <laughs> now let's, uh, let's refer back to our mentor and friend, Brett Jones. He had a great line and I hope I don't mess it up. Results are entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> fortunately, over the last 15 years of training people, the people I get to work with now are more focused on the result. Do they get to go ski and their run? Do they get to play with their kids or grandkids? Do they get to move well? They're more concerned with this, thank goodness, than they are with, oh, we did something really cool for Instagram. Mm-hmm. But it's a hard yeah. thing for people to understand, especially newer trainers. They there's a lot of entertaining that goes into some of what we do, but it doesn't have to be flashy or dangerous. Like you said, like safe and effective and then make the a pirate joke or something entertaining. You know, you can do that. <laughs> That's fine, <laughs> but don't endanger the people you're serving. What's a pirate's favorite letter. <laughs> you think it'd be R, but is this easy to with? <laughs> oh, I knew I'd get a dad joke in. Um, <laughs> you ever see a giraffe throw up? No, I have not. It takes forever. (laughs) Uh, And I'm cutting myself off now. (laughs) No, I love it. I'll give you one for your kids if they haven't heard this one yet. Uh, What did the pirate say when he turned 80? I'm 80. I'm 80. (laughs) Yeah. And we are late. Uh, Waiting for my wife to come out be like, you guys are done. Get off the team. (laughs) 86. (laughs) Um, That's good. No, it, it's, it's, oh, they hated me for this, but there were so many people when I was working for corporate clubs that literally just thought that this job as a strength coach, I don't even want to call him a strength coach, as a personal trainer was, it was the gateway until the next big thing. It was what I can do now until my passion comes along. It's, again, not to knock this position as well, but they looked at it as the waiter waitress job just something I can do now to make some money because I know how to train myself. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where I stopped learning trainers names until they were with us for at least six months. 
Right. It's like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna invest my time in you if you just think this is a joke. Like, this is my career. Clearly, I've put some money into this. You know, I have a master's in this. Like, this is my career. Mm -hmm. Today is the eighth. Yesterday, I believe it was yesterday. Either yesterday or today um, is exactly five years since the Stafford Strength LLC has been born. Nice, dude. Congrats. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. And this is this is like 15 years. Uh, yeah, 15 years that that this has been, uh, you know, this has been my job. This has been my career. And that's what it is. It's my career. It's not just my what I'm going to do now. Oh, I love that, Matt. And I'm with you going on 15 years myself. And I left a job, a corporate job in an office with a cubicle with slacks and a button down with decent money, good money, uh, 401k, insurance, benefits, stability, whatever that is, right? Um, okay. I, yeah, what is that? It's perception. Um, to pursue this, to serve people, to enrich mm -hmm. their lives, that is more meaningful than uh, a holiday bonus. Although I do get some pretty cool holiday bonuses from people mm -hmm. in, in unique ways. <laughs> but Yeah, that's no, cool. My, fir my first degree was in uh, TV video production. That's so crazy. That's what it was like. I literally like during the X Games, I wanted to be the guy with the camera mounted on my belly, following the guy in the half pipe, you know, coming down slowly behind him. <laughs> and at the time, like I was, I was doing a little bit of that. I was working in, uh, I was working in sports. Um, funny story about that in a second. Um, but I was also at the time I was like, I was fighting full time. So Taekwondo and uh, competing was, I, I was competing once to twice a month. Mm -hmm. So my now father-in-law was basically like, Hey, this building over here is going to be a gym. Why don't you go train? You live in a gym anyway. You're training all the time. Like, dude, do this. Right. Um, and that was kind of the kickstart. I, I literally passed my certification the day before the gym opened. Um, I had put in my, you know, my applications and paperwork and it, it was funny. Like some of the people that I'd interviewed with at that time had been training for 15, 20 years. And I had never trained a client. And I looked at the guy that hired me and I was like, why did you pick me? And he's like, these people were all set in their ways. And I can see your passion about the industry that you're willing and open to learn different things. Mm -hmm. So I thank him for that, for that opportunity. Um, and here I am today. Oh, I love it. And you're a true testament to this too. You, you are able to pull from different um, tools in your toolkit when applicable. Like, yep. so to give you a little bit of background, if this is your first time learning about Matthew, he has gone through strong first SFG one and two. Now that's the, and then strong first lifter and strong first body weight. So he's been through the gamut of strong first and that's just in that, that world. Then there's flexible steel, then the Indian gloves, then there's ground force method. There's a host of things that Matthew has learned that he can apply to anybody immediately it's it's a wonderful skill set he's acquired it's it's funny there was a point and I, I actually think it's still think it may be true with all the letters that you can put after my name it's like q and z are the only two that aren't there you don't have q and z what's wrong with that come on yeah i know i, I gotta find those find me some find me some q and z certifications <laughs> um z health there we go um nailed it you know it, it it's, it's people like oh no you gotta focus on this you gotta focus on that it's like yeah well as much as I love this implement or this system, it may not work with this person that comes to me. 
So I need to find a thing that's going to work with them. So yeah, I teach for all these different organizations and yeah, I'm part of all this, the, all of these different organizations, but for me, none of them are the end all be all right. End all be all is what's going to work for this, you know, this athlete, this student, this patient that comes into me. Yeah. I'm going to try to go this route. Cause this is the system that has worked for me and the majority of the people, but Hey, if it doesn't work for this person, I've got to find out what does. Right. I'm not just going to say, Oh, well, Hey, I can't work with you. Be gone. Mm-hmm. There are some people that, yeah, it's out of my scope of practice that I can't, but for the person that comes to me, I want to find what's going to work with them because that may fix a hole or a gap somewhere else mm-hmm. that, I, you know, you got to find the linchpin. What's going to be the one thing that puts everything into place for this person. It's going to be a, for this person, it's going to be B for that person. It's going to be a, B and C. Mm-hmm. And you know, that that's just kind of how I've, I, I've taken it. Everyone's like, Oh, you know, you, you want to be, you, you're going to be the Jack of everything. And you know, you're going to, you're not going to understand one thing. It's like, good. I don't want to just understand one thing. I don't want to be known as one thing. I'm a strength coach. Yeah. I use everything and find out what works for you and what works for you. Oh, I love that. And if you're, again, if you're a fitness professional listening to this, this is fantastic advice from a person 15 years in. Um, and this, this makes sense. This is how I see it as well. What is the analogy? I forget the wording that if you only know one thing and you're a hammer, everything you see is a nail, right? Like you just, you just yeah. apply your tool to that. But in your toolkit, you should have more than just a hammer. <laughs> Please yeah. have a, a big, nice variety of tools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some, you know, it's, uh, in martial arts, ways, sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're the nail, you know, <laughs> but I want to find, Hey, sometimes, you know, sometimes you're not a nail. Sometimes you're a Phillips head, you know, sometimes you're, 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 you're a screw. And I need to know which screwdriver is going to work for that. Right. Yeah. The nail, the, the hammer is going to work, but at what expense? It might break something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, you know, now I also don't want to be the person that, you need fitness. You need this in your life. I don't want to be the person that, you know, just jams everything down your throat and now you don't like it anymore. Right. You know, because I know, I know what this is going to do for your life, for your quality of life, for the length of your life. I don't want to be the person that kind of takes that, takes that away from you just because this is what I know. This is what I need you to do. And blah, 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 blah. No. I want this to be fun for you. And I want this to be a part of your life for the rest of your life. Wow. Well said. True professional. I love it. I love it. Oh, Matthew, this is great. You've given, I have uh, one page of digital notes and two pages of written notes. That's what I've been doing. When you're not talking or when you're talking, I'm just taking frantic. That's it. That, that's all you have. Well, I have this as notes as well. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to it again before I post it. Well, this is super helpful. So what are you working on this year? 2021? What's, what's coming up? Oh, what am I working on now? Um, the main goal, so like you said before, I've, I've been through all of the Strong First courses. Um, I did not pass the SFL last time I went through it. So Chicago in April, uh, as long as travel is still applicable or, or acceptable, um, or open rather is what I should say, I'll be at the Dome going for my SFL, shooting for Strong First Elite. Um, what else is on? It's funny. I actually, I've, it's been on my to-do list since I became a trainer 15 years ago. And I finally finished the course, uh, literally last night. 
Um, I went through Buddy Lee's uh, jump rope course. Hmm. Um, I met him at the U.S. Open uh, for Taekwondo in, oh God, maybe 2005. He was sitting there, he had a booth at the, uh, you know, with all the other sponsors and he was going through his, you know, crazy jump rope thing. And there was this little kid in front of me with a piece of paper and a pen, just looking at him like, jaw open like oh my god what is this guy doing mm-hmm. and he's sitting there jump roping and he just looks at the kid he's like you want an autograph and the kid just shakes his head yes he continues what he's doing he throws his rope up in the air grabs the paper signs it hands it back to the kid catches his rope and then just keeps going like nothing happened what that's a thing. and i'm just looking at him like can i get an autograph too and he's like you're too old kid <laughs> and i was like i need to go through this yeah and it's just interesting. It's, you know, again, same thing, you know, how do I incorporate just, you know, his system mm-hmm. with some of my clients that, you know, not, don't necessarily want to run mm-hmm. or, you know, h- how can I incorporate that and potentially give that to, you know, one or one or two of my clients as well. Um, and how can I incorporate that for myself as well? Good point. So I- that's, that's cool. You know, any, anything that I do, I, I I'm always the first guinea pig. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, because if I'm doing something and one of my students says, oh, well, am I supposed to feel this? I can't turn and be like, I don't know. I've never done this. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I, I, I can't do that. Yeah, I don't have their experience, but I need to I need to have the experience on what I'm putting them through. I can't teach them something if I can't do it myself. Of course. No, I'm with you on that 100%. I, I think you might remember coming over here. Uh, we had a really fun time playing a very vulgar card game. Um, that's not our time, but, uh, the mirrors are right here with all the notes. And so I go through all the, all the drills and exercises myself before you apply them to people. And so I have notes of like what I enjoy about it, who is this good for and so forth. And yeah, if anybody who teaches has to know the systems inside and out before they teach these things. Yeah. Especially if you're going to teach it to somebody else, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm not going to be like, Oh, turn around and be like, Hey, well, great. You know, I just went through this course. So now I'm going to be an instructor for buddy Lee. Mm-hmm. No, but I want to be able to teach the course the same, the same way he teaches it to me. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to teach it to my student. You know, I need to be able to express that exact same thing. What are the benefits of this movement? Why am I doing the twister versus the full twister? Why am I doing a forward jump versus a backward jump? Why am I doing the bell jump versus, you know, heel toe? I need to be able to explain that, not just it. it when I was working for the corporate gyms and I would have to go through some of the newer trainers programs to promote them within the levels, Mm -hmm. the only answer that they could not give me, if I said, well, why are you doing this exercise? The only unacceptable answer was, oh, well, because this machine was open. If you can explain to me why you're doing what you're doing, Mm -hmm. there's nothing that I can say. I can't say, well, no, you're wrong. Mm -hmm. I can say, well, Hey, I may do this because I have this experience. But I'm not going to tell you, no, your program's wrong. You know, you could come in and do an eval with me and 10 other strong first instructors. Mm-hmm. You may get 10 different programs. You may get nine different programs. You know, what have I been through that they haven't been through? What are my experiences? What are the lenses that I'm looking at your eval? And what are the lenses that they're looking at it through? What do I think is going to be the linchpin for whatever your problem is or the linchpin to get you to your goal? What do they think that linchpin is going to be? So there's, 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 
it's a science. There's a lot that goes into it. There is. And I want to try to equip myself with as much knowledge, you know, not just to, well, you come into me. I don't want to look like the smartest person in the room. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. <laughs> That's a great. I, <laughs> I, I, I want to, I've had people that have come in and have said to me, uh, you know, pose this, th this, mm -hmm. and it's like, I'll get back to you. I'll email you later tonight. I want to do a little bit more research on it, mm -hmm. but I always want to, you know, learn about it. So that's kind of what I sort of go back to the initial question. What am I doing in 2021? I'm just trying to learn and look at some of the different systems out there that I think will help the population, the athletes, the people that, that come to me. I love it. That's great advice. So I'm doing, uh, you know, like I said, I'm doing some of that and, uh, you know, always looking at some of the business stuff too. I think we spoke about this, um, so somebody had once asked me, I was, I was working with a business coach at one point and one of the exercises that they had the group doing was who are your competitors? Mm -hmm. And, you know, everybody was looking at the other gyms and the other coaches, you know, the other personal trainers in their area. And, you know, I had that listed and then I had one listed and everyone kind of looked at me when I said it out loud and they're like, they are not your competitor. And I'm like, they are my competitor. And they're like, how is Disney your competitor? Ooh, yeah. And I was like, well, you just got a bonus. Are you going to spend it on extra training or are you going to spend it on taking your family to Disney? So yeah, if that comes up in the conversation, they're my competitor. So kind of diving into some of that, um, some of the, uh, you know, Disney has a, uh, a business institute. So I've, I've, I want to go through a couple of their, uh, you know, leadership and business, uh, business courses. So that's also on the, uh, the 2021 agenda. Ooh, I dig that. That's some good perception you have there too. You would like this actually a month before or after you were out here, we hosted a coach's course and it's only for coaches either in our gym or around the area who wanted to be associated with our, our gym and mm -hmm. um, both Dan and, and Ryan, who you, I think you've met Ryan um, Dan's retired captain in the air force and Ryan's retired Navy. And they both been through a landmark, like a business mentorship program. And mm -hmm. it was really cool because on the, on the second day, they asked this question, like, why are you a fitness professional? Like, and then he asked again, why? And it went down seven times. And this is like in a psychological profile, your, your wife know all about this, the seven whys, you know, you get down to the, the seven, the sixth why you might cry, you know, the seventh yep. why you're like real, like your, your earth is shaken, but mm -hmm. I think it's important people uh, evaluate why they do things, you know? And uh, I think you have a very strong why, and it's very evident how, how much research and how much dedication you have into learning more and, um, yeah, you're, you're a great coach. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We, uh, in precision nutrition, we, uh, we talk about the five whys, you know, most people it's like the, you know, the first reason they, that they give is like, you know, the mirror reason, mm -hmm. you know, why are you doing this? Oh, I want bigger arms. Well, why do you want bigger arms? Oh, cause I like the way I look in a bathing suit. Oh, well, why, you know, and, mm -hmm. and once you get down to that, you got to find the emotional level of, of why they're, why they're doing something. And like you said, it's, it's usually the reason that, that makes them cry. Yeah. You know, it kind of brings it to your eye. It's like, yeah, no, I need to do this. Um, you know, at one point, a lot of people that were coming to me, it's like their why was I want to be around for my grandkids. 
good wife. You know, I, I, I've I've probably said more than my share of things that I, you know, HR would look at and be like, yeah, that's a big no, no. Look, I remember telling one, uh, one client that I work with, um, what he did in the gym was 100% on point with his goal. And his, his goal was to be there, to be able to pick up and run around with his granddaughter that he came to me literally three months after his first granddaughter was born. But everything that he did outside the gym was not to that goal. Mm -hmm. It was like the complete opposite. And he would come to me and is like, no, the, you know, the, 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 the PC way of saying everything just didn't click with him. It was just like, Oh yeah, no, no, no. I get that. And then literally 10 seconds later, it was like the complete opposite. And I finally looked at him and I said, dude, do you want to see your granddaughter graduate high school or do you want your son to be your pallbearer? And it was like, fuck, you're right, dude. I, okay, this is what I need to do. And it changed on a light switch. Yeah, there are some people that I would could have said that to that would have fired me on the spot. But you know what? It's what it's what they needed to hear at that point in time. And it's what 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 flipped the light switch for them. That's very perceptive. You're a good coach. You know how to read. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank God it, it worked. <laughs> right. um, high risk, high reward. But yeah, you know, like you say, going back to that, it, it's the wise. If there's if the reason you're doing something is because somebody else told you to do it, you're not going to be successful. Yeah. So the, the people that I really <laughs> might put you to sleep, um, the people that I've always found the hardest to work with are the people that come in that say, and it's like, oh, well, what, what are you doing here? Oh, my wife says I need to lose 15 pounds. Oh, my doctor says I have this and I need to, okay, cool. You know, they'll buy a couple sessions, they'll buy a package. And then it's like, they're gone because they're not invested in it. Mm -hmm. They're not, they're not vested in what they they've got no skin in the game, Yep. but the people that come in with like the deep reasons for why they're doing something, it's for them. Mm -hmm. Hey, I need to do this because I want to be there for my grandkids. I want to do this because I need to make this team. I want to be here because I don't want to die young. Mm -hmm those are the people that are going to continue with it, stick with it. And I don't want to say that I can like mold them into what I want, but like I, what I tell them, they're more susceptible to and more receptive to doing. Mm -hmm. um, and they'll stick with it and they'll get the goals and the results that they're looking for. Whether it's a short-term goal, whether it's hey, you know, I just need to get into this, you know, little black dress for my high school reunion or whether I want to live past 60. Right. No, that's, that's very uh, perceptive. Um, intrinsic goals. It comes from within. Yeah. They own it. Yeah. Exactly. They've got, like I said, they've got skin in the game. Oh, well said. Yeah, fortunately, I get to work with people much like that, too. I don't get people who are like, my wife told me to be here. <laughs> Not anymore, at least. Yeah. Yeah. Look, there, there were some people at one point, there were people that would come in, there were women that it would come in, and it was like, this is what my husband wants me to look like. It's like, oh, dude, I, I can't. I, 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 you're you're going to quit. Yeah. Well, actually, you're not going to quit because your husband is going to force you to stay. But, like, I, it's 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 not going to work. No. I need. What do you want? Mm -hmm. That's what we'll work towards. And maybe this goal will 
you know, th this will be the outcome of it. But yeah. you got to you got to do it for you. You know, you split board because you love it. If you were doing it because somebody somebody else told you, you know, held a gun to your head and said, hey, this is what you have to do. You wouldn't love it. You, 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 your heart wouldn't be in it. You wouldn't you wouldn't want to do it. It would be a chore. It wouldn't be it would be work. Yeah. Well, so. that hit home. Yeah, I, I miss split boarding. I need to go split boarding. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Sorry if I struck a nerve. You did. That was good. Good job, coach. <laughs> good yeah, job. Anytime. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was good. Oh, this is really fun. But you know what? What's on, what? What do you got going on in 2021? Enough about me. Well, let's, let's talk about you, Sean. Thank you for asking the question. I appreciate that. I am going to create some courses. I realized, cool. yeah, thank you. I'm going to create some for, um, for students and some for professionals. I'm going to create, came to my attention this week, a lot of people can use some help with creating, at, at your background as well, good quality audio, video, and presentation. So um, helping people in our industry and other industries that have, have uh, service industries, how to create good quality video, audio, YouTube videos, website, SEO, and teach them how to, to do this to maintain their business and grow it internationally. So I'm going to put together a course on that and then put together um, a home fitness course, how to use your body weight, which you and I know I do very well, um, how to incorporate mobility drills, again, something you know very much about, and then uh, suspension trainers. I got two right there behind me and then kettlebells, which are in stock as of the recording today. Might not be tomorrow, but uh, <laughs> I have a link below so you can get some. And um, it's been very fortunate this year to help a lot of people build their home gyms, their garage gyms, outside gyms, whatever it is. And so put together a course, how to utilize those tools and, um, and train effectively at home, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do that. I already had the Mount Fitness School up, so I learned the platform of how to, to put together a, a teachable course. And like you said, like uh, the breathe thing, um, you know, go through multiple chapters, uh, video, homework, next chapter, complete this, move forward. So I think um, that, and then it's interesting too, like as in Gearmid, this month would be really focused on the outdoor retailer show. So that would be the biggest show in this hemisphere for you know, Patagonia, North Face, and thousands of other companies would be here in Denver presenting in a booth what's coming out for 2022, basically. Okay. And so that can't happen right now, obviously. So um, I have meetings set up with a, a plethora of companies, January, February, March, going through their, their catalog of stuff coming out for about this time next year. And so, yeah, work with them, interview them and learn what's coming out and then get that into my writer's hands, men, women, kids, all ages, get them testing the gear, create content for it. And then go splitboarding, like you mentioned, go splitboarding. <laughs> so those are my, yeah, those are my goals for 2021. Yeah. Very cool. So the course, is it going to be like a uh, subscription thing where like monthly you put up more stuff or is it going to be like, you know, one time you're getting all, you know, one time course, you're just getting all my info. Good question. I've, I've toyed with the idea of subscription. I have some clientele I, I train subscription based. It's like a retainer, right? Which is fantastic. Yeah. So I might offer that. And then I do like creating content very often. I, for me, it's a nice outlet to things improve all the time. There's best practices to be learned. But what I, I think I'll, I'll probably offer both. Long answer. You know, one time, 
uh, fee. Here's the course, download it, share it with your colleagues and your friends and the family, improve your business or share it with your friends and family, improve your health and wellness. Um, if you want to maintain a relationship moving forward, I'm happy to offer more content and more value, you know, each month. Like a mentor type ship. Yeah. And I, and I love being the mentor role. I did everything about being a mentor role, but I, I find myself in that more often than not. And I love coaching and helping and teaching and enabling people to be their best self. So yeah, I think that'd be fun to be a mentor monthly. Very cool. Yeah. Thanks Very for the cool. seat. I, I appreciate that. The first person to ask me that. <laughs> I appreciate it's, still, it's only, we're, we're only, Oh my God. It's only the eighth. <laughs> yeah. It's the new year. Yep. Yep. So, Oh, very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So what, um, so that'll be like through, you're going to set up a separate website for that or. I don't think so. You know, I've toyed with the idea of more websites, but I think six is enough. So I think I'm just going to. That's it. Yeah. Just six. Yeah. I've had just more. I'm, I'm, I'm letting a few of those go. I, I literally, no, no joke. I own 20 website domains. And so I own one. Yeah. No, one's, one's enough. Let me tell you, if you can streamline and just make it, you know, I was talking to Pat Flynn about this. He's like, should I have more than one YouTube channel? I'm like, no, you are Pat Flynn. People yeah. like Pat Flynn. They like your music. They like your philosophy and they like your fitness. Right? So people like Matthew Flaherty. You know, you don't need to create 20 different things. People know you, they'll come to you for your services and they can be vast. They don't have to be just one thing. Like you mentioned, you have a lot of tools in your toolkit. Sean Sewell is not just kettlebells or death metal or splitboarding, right? There's, there's more content to there. So I'm trying to keep it as refined as possible, as beneficial as possible. And um, yeah, simplify. Well, what's on the uh, education plan for you? Any courses or anything that you're... Uh... I mean, other than obviously Fox will steal, uh, <laughs> anything, uh, anything you're looking to go through, uh, this year. Oh man. I appreciate that. Um, whatever Pavel puts out, I'll take <laughs> love learning from him. Um, I need to learn more about Indian clubs. I'll probably take the course recommended. I have it in my notes right here. Um, and then I just did plan strong Got the, here it is. <clears throat> Work. It's not thin, guys. It's a lot of work. Oh, that's a thin manual compared to the one I have. Oh, really? It's <laughs> substantial. Look at these charts. Oh, oh that was uh, that was a mind-numbing course. That was, that was a great course on programming. Um, but that was one. I was sitting in the hotel lobby at 3 a.m. with some of the other instructors or like Val Headland with Mike Sousa, just like dropping my calculator and pencil and just <laughs> thumb in the mouth, sucking my thumb, rocking back and forth because I can't do this. Um, it, it was heavy, but it was, it was real good. It's definitely changed, uh, changed my program for clientele that use that. Right. Um, Very specific. That, that was a good course. That was a real good course. It is. And it was the most, like you said, most mentally challenging course I've ever taken, which was nice. I had, a lot of courses are, are physically based. Some, you know, a lot of theory as well. But this one, the <laughs> I'll show you my tool for that course. Well, I think also because the way Pavel goes through stuff, it, it's not, yeah, exactly. That was it. Um, it's not just here's what we do, go do it. Mm -hmm. It's this is what we do. 
this is the end goal you're going to get. We're going to reverse engineer it so that you understand the whole process, mm-hmm. not just here's the end process. And, and you go through it from there. So right. he really wants to make sure that you understand every aspect of the programming component of it and not just here's my protocol, go do it with other people. Right. You know what? This came up last week talking with our friend, 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 Sven, um, you know, <laughs> he was awesome. He was fascinating. And you know, Sven, I'd love to hear more about your interaction with Sven. Um, but in a nutshell, it was, uh, Strong First is one of the, probably the only certifications, well, one of the, probably one of a few certifications I know of that you, you continually learn after it's over. Like not, it's not over on Sunday afternoon. It keeps going. You keep learning and you keep interacting. You keep building um, your, your resources, your relationships with other instructors out there and in the world, not just in America, internationally. And it, it's, it's fascinating. I love it. But tell me about your interaction with Finn. Well, let's go back to that point, and then we'll talk about that. Um, well, like literally, one of my favorite, you know, strong first shirts is "Strong First School of Strength," and on, on the back it says, "You never graduate." Ooh, yeah, that's great. It's true. You know, always learning. You, you always look to learn. You know, any other certification that I've gone to, it's like literally when you know closing bell hits on Sunday, you go your separate ways, and that's it. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, with a strong first shirt, you literally have that Monday morning depression. Yeah, PTSD, you know, like been with people, you know, part of their, their family, and that's one of the things that I've that you know why I've been with them for for so long is just the 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 huge community aspect of it. It's you know true. If you have not attended a strong first event, you don't know. When you do, you will know. <laughs> exactly. Like I, I joke with people, like, well, you know, oh, what's your favorite thing about strong first? It's like my birthday. The wishes start coming in from you know from Japan and literally through the end of the day, it's just like the, you can literally look at my feed and it's just the world from, you know, from East to West. Yeah. It's, oh. it, it's awesome. It is. It, it's, it's so awesome. Like it's um, family. It is like, yeah, to your point, it is family. It is. It is. Um, <laughs> Sven. So there was a, uh, this was probably, this was my first first time meeting him and there was uh he had posted on facebook that he was in new york and they were looking for a place to eat any food recommendations and i literally just responded where are you stay there i'll be there in 20 minutes and he told me what corner he was on and 20 minutes later i took the subway over and uh we went to some Cuban place for, uh, for, for, for dinner. Oh, how fun. And, uh, you know, him and a couple of people that he were in, that he was in with. That's so cool. Had a, you know, had, had a great dinner, had a couple of drinks, you know, just kind of, again, talking about the community, talking about strong first, some talking, some shop, talking life. And, uh, and that was it. And that was, that was my, literally my first, uh, my first interaction with Sven. Oh, I love it. He's such yeah. a person. He's so kind. He's so fun to talk with. Yeah. Yeah. He was, uh, he, he was a cool guy. He was a real cool guy. I would love to uh, work with him again in the future. I'd love, or love to actually to work with him other than just, you know, having dinner with him. Right. Right. And again, this testament to strong first. And if you get a chance to take a course, just take them, take a class or take the certification if you're an instructor or not. You know what? Actually there's two grocers here in Denver. 
like local grocers who took the certification and they're not even instructors. They just wanted to take the certification and they did. They both passed. You'd be surprised how many, you know, beginning of the certification day one, if it's, you know, a fairly small group or even when we get into teams, mm -hmm. you know, let me know who you are, why you're here, what you hope to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And at every single event that I've been at, there's at least one in every single group that I've been part of that. Yeah. You know what? I just uh, wanted to challenge myself. I wanted to go through it. I heard it's a cool community, you know, so I just wanted to be part of it. Exactly. Do you teach? No, I'm a banker. No, right. I'm a you know, corporate lawyer. No, I just, you know, wanted to challenge myself and, uh, you know, kind of be part of this organization. I've heard great things about it. Yep. And it, it, it's mind blowing. You know, I don't, you don't find that with, I don't think any other course that I've been through, I, maybe one here and there, but not as consistent as with strong first. Yeah, no, it is so true. I can't think of any course I've been in the last 15 years where it wasn't for professional development for a person in our industry to, to bring in people outside of the industry to take yeah. certification because they want to be part of the community speaks volumes. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, that's one of the, you know, like I said, one of the, you know, one of the key components that, you know, I, I believe Fabio has really worked, you know, worked hard to maintain, you know, maintaining that, you know, even the instructors here in the, in, in the U S you know, it's, 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 it's unbelievable. I, I could probably go anywhere in the world and, you know, just write in the group, Hey, you know, I'm in so-and-so, uh, you know, what's there to do. And like Sven, like I did with Sven, I'm, I'm everywhere. There'd be somebody, Hey, I'll, what are you doing tomorrow? Let me come and meet you. We'll, uh, you know, we'll go around or, you know, Hey, you can come crash with me. It's, it's an unbelievable community. It really is. Uh, it's so true. I, it's hard to even like put it in words because there's so many ways we can go with this angle. Um, back in November, I had the great honor of working with Pavel at our gym, uh, the other location um, here in Denver. And we did the strong endurance event and it was total full circle. I did my SFG in 15, I believe. And Zara Horton was the the, the master instructor and Zara as a, as a fireman. Uh, he's, he's a badass. He's a beast of a human being. And, uh -huh. It was, it was so amazing. He, he, uh, I get a message. What kind of coffee do you want? And Zara brought me coffee. <laughs> I was like, what? No way. This, this is the guy, you know? And, and he, so Zara and I having coffee, uh, swapping snacks and got to work with Pavel directly, mic him up with, uh, my lavalier microphone using the cameras using right now to record the strong endurance event in our gym and looking around the room, there's all of the mentors and heroes and the people that we, you know, at the very beginning, we, we look up to and admire, read their articles on the forums and on, on the, on the, the page for strong first and in the books, the, in the quick and the dead and the, um, simple and sinister and all the books like, and then they're here now in the room and you're sharing mm -hmm. space with them and, and they're just down to earth and great people. Uh, there's Derek Tosh, yep. brother Ryan right there. And there's, like I said, Zara and there's Pavel and there's Amanda Candy right here. It's, it's an amazing community. Yeah. I remember one of, uh, I think it was the second the second time that i was at the dome in uh, chicago which was the third uh, the third dome uh dome three um i was sitting at lunch and uh, i just remember derek coming over derek doshner coming over just sitting down introducing himself hey do you mind if i sit with you and just just starting up a conversation like you know he could have gone and sat with any of the other instructors that he's known for years mm -hmm. and you know just kind of came over and you know sat with me talked some shop and uh 
that kind of, you know, that started that friendship. Oh, that's amazing. What a great guy he is. Too. <laughs> he is. He is him and uh, him and Ryan are pretty awesome. They are. It was funny. They, they joked, you should come to Wisconsin and visit our mountains. And I took him, I'm very naive. I'm from Nebraska originally, right? I'm like, I'll come to Wisconsin and see your mountains. He was joking. They don't have mountains in Wisconsin. But, but uh, he does a lot of mountaineering. He, he did the uh, up Grand Teton twice, back-to-back days. And he, yeah, he took one of his yeah. students up there. He, he came back and that student was actually in the Strong Endurance event. Uh, it was... I believe one year the uh, leadership meeting was in Italy. And him and his brother went there early to go uh, climb the Dolomites. Badass. Badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His, uh, his facility, I've, I've seen some photos of it. His facility, I'd love to get up there to do uh, uh, one, of, one of the courses up there. Absolutely. Oh, that's so, so cool. Derek, invite me. <laughs> Derek, invite me too. I'll come up there. Yeah, right. Um, you're not. No, they're, they're good guys. Derek and Ryan, TNC Fitness. Uh, very cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, it is Friday night. It is 10 p.m. your time. Um, 40, man. We go to, you, we're done. I'm going to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, yeah, there's, there's nothing to do. It's like, you know, everything, indoor dining is, has been shut down again. Oh. Uh, oh, wait, I got two kids sleeping. I can't leave anyway. Um, yeah. No, but it's fine. You know what? It's whatever. Nice Friday night on the couch. Honey's working. My wife's working. The pups are being crazy. Well, now I'm driving them crazy. Um, Is Wednesday sneezing over there? Yep. Come here, Sneezy. Come here. Oh, before we push record, it's, it's fun. You're talking about Honey coming to a Stronger First event and meeting Alex the Hebrew Hammer Sulkin and chatting it up. And Alex has been on this show several times. He probably will be next week. Uh, Pat Flynn and I are going to do an episode. I'm sure Alex will crash it. Um, and he's, he's a hoot. Just a really fun guy. Yeah, yeah. I first met him... Uh, Actually, at the it was like the first or second flexible steel up in uh, up in Minneapolis at the uh, the Hotel of America. Um, Classy. Yeah, well, no, like there's a, there's a there's a water park in the hotel. Hmm. You know, it's like it's basically like the same size as the Mall of America. It was the Hotel of America. Oh, geez. And, um, so the first day was the flexibility stuff that John did. And the second day, the strength stuff was some of the old time strongman stuff that Dave Whitley did. Right. And, you know, Alex was there and, uh, you know, we, we built a friendship there. And then he came to New York. I don't remember if he was one of the assistants or if he was a participant, but uh, when OS was uh, was in New York. And that's um, for listeners out there. Original strength. Um had gone through that he was there again i don't remember what his his role was there but you know just chatting and uh i remember he he kept asking he's like is your wife coming to dinner <laughs> and it kind of got to the like weird point i was like dude why do you keep asking if my wife is coming to dinner and and when you know she, she came you know she just she loves to come to the events and you know meet people and chat and just just not talk shop because she's like i'm not a trainer i don't want to talk trainer stuff anymore um but he was just like they were just talking uh like about being jewish and birthright and and all of that and she was content for the night i was talking to everybody else and we had a good night oh that's fantastic well to alex's credit um so backstory i my my first gym i built inside a jewish law firm i worked in a jewish law firm brownstein height farber shrek uh be 22 years here next month and um I don't work there anymore as a 
I worked there in the mail room, then um, IT and accounting before I left to become a, a personal trainer professionally. Uh, long story longer, um, I did not know the full story of Hanukkah until Alex, the Hebrew Hammer, had a podcast about it here um, beginning of December of last year. Did a great job explaining it. It was it was beautiful. And it's nice to know more about uh, that history. Yeah. He's a very entertaining person. And he accused yeah. you of starting the fires. Yeah. Apparently, I'm the one that started the fires in Colorado. Thanks, Alex. Yeah. yeah. Not, not prison. Whatever. <laughs> oh, oh, so original strength. So um, original strength was founded. Was it Tim who founded it? Yes. Okay. Uh, and um, yes, I'm blanking on his last name too. Um, Strongly. Thank Tim Armstrong, but that's the guitarist that ran it. I will find yeah. it. So uh, can you elaborate on what Original Strength is? Look, it's right here. You know, it's gone through so many different iterations since I've gone through it. When I went through it, um, one of the big things that that we did was crawling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and basically just how groundwork is your base for any of your strength stuff um it's like we go back to the fms mm-hmm. level one is stability you know if i if i can't just hold a push-up or hold a tall plank i have no business doing a push-up right um so os from when i went through it was just building that foundational foundational level um and using those different crawling patterns as your different your different resets um, and to build that base level of uh, a level of strength. Um, I'm probably not doing it justice because to be honest, it's probably been nine, 10 years since I went through it. Um, well, let's see, I wasn't married at the time and we'll be married now 10, 20 to 11 or in 20, we'll be married 10 years. So it's been at least 10 years Wow. that I went through, that I went through OS. So I, I, I don't really know the, uh, you know, how it's changed and what it is about now. Cause like I said, I've gone through, um, and I've gone a little bit more down the GFM ground force method rabbit hole, Fair. you know, same, same stuff, just different, different system, different base. I know, you know, GFM, what, what really stood out to me was the, the, the rooting in FMS. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, you know, when he's on next week, Alex can definitely talk more to what OS is now. Fair enough. It's us, uh, Tim, Tim Anderson and uh, Jeff Newport. Yep. And Jeff Newport. Jeff Newport yeah. was, uh, I believe, part of that uh, original crew as well. Makes sense. I met Jeff my first time at uh, Strong Endurance and gave him one of these, the San Pellegrigio. Never met Jeff. He was a very nice guy. He lives in Colorado Springs with his family. I should have Jeff on. He's in Colorado Springs? Yeah. He's just down the street an hour. <laughs> oh, I didn't, know that. I didn't know that. I've been to Colorado Springs once. Yeah. It's very flat. It's weird. You get up the airport and you look, it's like, wait, is that Colorado? Oh, the mountains are over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did a week uh, uh, training at the, uh, for Taekwondo, I trained at the uh, Olympic Training Center for a week for a summer camp. Really? Yeah. Wow. Is yeah, that it was a, uh, kind of an invite, an invite camp that uh, I, you know, put in an application, got picked and, uh, you know, went through You've been invited to a lot of things. Got to train there with a couple of people that wound up going to the Olympics for Taekwondo. I was the oldest. It's crazy. I was actually the oldest at the camp. 
by far. Hmm. Um, at the orientation, they're like, all right, anybody here 21 or over, we just need to know about going off campus. And I was like the only one that raised my hand. And I was like, I'm not going anywhere. You guys are going to kick my ass this weekend. Three a days. I'm the old guy. I ain't going anywhere. Three um, days? That's yeah. A- Morning was, you know, our, 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 our strength training, our, um, you know, some light pad work. Afternoons were our intense drills. And then the evening was all sparring. Wow. That's and literally like I picked, I picked the biggest heavyweight so that I could take a shot and not get scared and not, you know, if I could take a shot from you, I can take a shot from anybody. And then I picked the smallest, the smallest person. Um, because if I've got to chase you around, I know my cardio is going to go through the roof. <laughs> That's good logic. And smallest person, uh, Charlotte Craig, actually was a 2012, 2012 Olympian. So I got my ass kicked by an Olympian. Well, that is uh, deserving. <laughs> Multiple Olympians, but yeah. Actually, Paige McPherson was also with that. She was in Rio. Paige McPherson, Stephen Lambden, who was also in Rio. He was the male heavyweight. He was actually our first heavyweight I believe ever to be uh to, to go to the olympics uh yeah yeah so that was, that was a good time that was a good time again if you're not the best person or if you if you are the best or the smartest person in the room you're in the wrong room and that's a good takeaway yeah mm-hmm. don't be the, the strongest smartest or best person in the room you can't learn there's nowhere to improve exactly you know and that's what it is if if if, if you want to be that person you know if you want to be the head honcho and the bad tough guy and the guy that everybody looks up to then yeah you're in the right room but if you're in that room to learn something you're in the wrong room that is a very good takeaway <laughs> well matt we need to do around uh four or five whatever it is uh fourth time on what podcast is this what number because that's how many times i've been mentioned now <laughs> i think it's 80 or 81 and you wow. mentioned at least twice per episode so yeah <laughs> so 160 times Honored. yeah uh you're always a fun fun person to hang out with especially in person which i can't wait so to who do who else is who else is uh Who's next? Who else is in the pipeline coming on the podcast? I want, I want to be the first to know. All right. I'm going to pitch you. I'm going to try and get, so I work with Patagonia pretty often and okay. my most recent review was shared um, company-wide again. And I don't know if Yvonne is still on board day-to-day operation. If he is, then there's a good chance he might've seen that email. And if he did, awesome. And I would love to have Yvonne Chenard on the show, founder of Patagonia. That'd be pretty sweet. That would be amazing. Um, for first place tie, Pavel. I'd love to have Pavel on. Okay. And uh, I'd love to have round two with Brett Jones. Round two with uh, Dave, the Iron Tamer, Whitley. Uncle Tamer. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm, I have notes both written and typed to mention your bloody nose during the snatch test. <laughs> Brett Jones was actually, Brett Jones was my team leader in Philly. Okay. Perfect ammunition. This is- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I worked with, uh, Brett was, it's actually funny, you know, at the time I had gone through an in-house kettlebell cert at the gym that I was at. Um, yeah. Cause they offered it. So I was like, all right, cool. If you'll pay for it, I'm going to go through it. 
And then one of the trainers at the facility that I was at was like, no, 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 no. You want to learn kettlebells? Look up this guy, Pavel. Mm-hmm. So of course I was like, all right, cool. How hard can this be? I'll, you know, literally like, I think that afternoon signed up for, you know, there was one coming in Philly in uh, 2009. Yeah. Nine. Cause last year was 11 years. Um, <laughs> which Alex pointed out. Cause I messed up. I wrote this whole big post about, Oh my God, it's my 10 year anniversary, you know, with, with Pavel as one of his students. And Alex was the first comment. He goes, uh, work on your math. It's 11 years. Look at your certificate. And I look at my certificate. I was like, Oh shit, it's 11 years. <laughs> um, but it was like one of those, like I walk in and it's like, I have no idea who any of these people are. And they've literally turned out to be, you know, all of my mentors now in, uh, in the industry. And, you know, Brett Jones was my team leader. My level two, Doc Chang was my team leader. Um, and it's cool. Now I, you know, I text back and forth with Doc, uh, you know, all the time, any martial arts questions, you know, FMS type questions, you know, just advice questions, you know, he's, uh, he's a good friend now, which is, which is cool to kind of see how that, 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 that transition, you know, went to from, you know, being a mentor to being this person, Oh, you know, not to say that I don't still, but, you know, held up on this, on this high pedestal. And now where it's almost like it's unattainable for me to be able to talk to him outside of this, where it's now like, I can just, you know, reach out be like, Hey doc, what's going on? Hope everything's good in LA. You know, he'll text me on my birthday and, you know, kind of seeing how that, how that's changed. And again, the community within strong first, all these people that we held up so high where it's like, they are there, but they help bring you up to that level. So you're on the same level with them. And that is true strength right there. Yeah. Honestly, like like you said, I I have these people on, on a pedestal and I still do. But the fact that you and I can reach out and say hello and respond mm-hmm. like that, it's, it's amazing. It really is amazing. And it's a testament to their character and their, their Absolutely. Gen- genuine humanity, like just great people. Yeah. Willing to, willing to teach the little guy yeah. and then make the little guy the big guy with them. Right. Because they know that if I'm teaching now, I'm going to try to make that person up there with me. And it's, you know, we're never just like looking down on you. Like, you know, Hey, how's it going down there? It's right. always, how's it going? Yeah. You know, um, it's empowering. It, That's what it is. It, is. It, it, it really, it really, really is. Um, really pugs. Am I putting you to sleep? Am I boring? You know, it's not boring. It's less. <laughs> Um, Wednesday's moved. She's like now over there on a pillow. Oh, hilarious. Um, but yeah, Brett was my team leader at level one. Dr. Chang was my team leader at level two. Uh, Karen, I worked with multiple times. She was Karen's actually the first time I went through the SFB. Uh, John was, John was running it. I was actually, I went through the second SFB. Really? So before that, it was still the naked warrior. Mm-hmm. And then I think there was one cert in San Diego and then John was teaching, basically it was the first cert on the East coast, but the second ever SFB. Whoa. And then once the, the lifter came about, it was probably within like the top five events that I then went through the uh, SFL with doc. Wow. I had no idea. So John was the first one to teach the, the pre, the pre SFB. 
Well, the, he he taught it was the SFP. So I never went through. So Pablo's original book, The Naked Warrior, was basically what the SFB came, you know, kind of initiated from, um, and that's what the certification was called before that. And then once Strong First formed, then it became the SFB. Um, John Ingham was one of the you know one of the people that was cleared to teach it, and he was my first my first instructor with that. That's amazing. Oh my! And gone through it a bunch of times, assisting. Uh, Bugsley, come on. <laughs> um, and, and, oh, now you want to wake up? Um, you know, assisting her and working with her, and you know, learning from her as well. And this is Karen Smith we're talking about. Oh uh, uh, yeah, uh, fantastic! I did the SFB in uh, seventeen. I, I kind of think, and I'm not the only person who probably thinks this. It might be the, the first place to start in the strong first journey. I have been saying that for years um the tension techniques that we teach in the sfb mm -hmm. will translate to everything else yes so my journey was sfg sfg2 sfb sfl mm -hmm. just because at the time when i went through it there was no sfb sfl those were the only two those were the only two courses um some of the tension techniques are mentioned in level one, level two in the SFL, but they're taught in full from stage one to stage 18 mm -hmm. in the SFB. Right. And again, for me being so ingrained in the, uh, in the FMS, I have no right pressing a weight if I can't control and press body weight. Yes. So for me, yeah, I, I think you're going to get the most out of going through the SFB first. I'm with you on that. A lot of people just don't think that it's, you know, it's the sexy course. Right. So they kind of put it, yeah. So they kind of like put it to the side and do it, you know, second, third or last. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the, the information that you get in that course, I find translates over to all three other all three co other courses, both modalities, more so than the other direction. Is This is so true. And the first person to mention this to me was actually Eric Frohart, at the time, the CEO of Strong First. And he mentioned yeah. this, um, and it made complete sense because like you, my trajectory was the same as yours, minus SFG2, I've not done the level two. I've done IKFF level two a few times, but that's, that's different. Um, so it was SFG, SFL, or no, sorry, SFB, then SFL for myself as well. And then in the SFB, learning the tension, the irradiation, uh, mm -hmm. control, um, proprioception, it, it translates into everything, not just kettlebells, not just barbells, but everything else. And honestly, as a in my business, my day-to-day -day business, that course has probably been the most beneficial, especially during quarantine and COVID and teaching yeah. people at home because they – often can't have don't have access to weights or can't purchase kettlebells like we have plentiful right here or even you know other tools so being able to do hollow holds and body weight calisthenic exercises is you know it's mm -hmm. a, it's you 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 always have your gym with you it's it's a fantastic curriculum and it's funny if you look at summer olympics who are probably some of the pound for pound strongest athletes the gymnasts. Oh yeah. 
the ones that are doing the body weight stuff. And again, just going through that last, it was just like one of those like, idiot. <laughs> Should have done it the other way. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, if anybody that's looking to kind of jump into the community and looking to learn the system, again, I, I highly recommend going through body weight first. Yeah. There's so many drills you learn. And as a coach too, it's fantastic because you can, back to your point, regressions are the key. Like how can you safely approach somebody who is new to some to this um, safely? There's so many great regressions you can do with people and then advance it and then load those patterns with weight, yep. with the kettlebell, with the barbell, with other tools. Yeah, it's, it's a great. Yeah, I, I just went through it. I assisted Karen a couple months ago uh, when she was in New York for uh, for the course. Yes. Um, and, and like even I was taking notes. Like I like there were a couple times where like, you know, I'm not going to sit there and take notes because I'm, you know, guy assisting and, you know, I was basically the demo for the majority of things. But there were a couple of times where like, you know, I looked over at my phone. I was like, Karen, I'm taking a photo of this and just like quick took, took photos of her uh, of her notes in her notebook. Um, she's done an amazing job with that course of being able to get somebody and progress them to guys that one arm, one leg push up, women, you know, the uh, the one arm push up, um, and knowing exactly what you need to get there, and not just start on the wall, then go a little lower, then go a little lower, then go a little lower, then go to the floor. But like you said, all of those tension techniques, when to use them, how to use them, how much of each to use, how much of each to use and when, yep. um, and just their aggression through that course. She's done, she's done an amazing job with that course. Oh, it's, it's so good. And Karen is such a great teacher. Great coach for sure. Yep. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, on that note, yeah up <laughs> for round uh five i guess <laughs> well, yeah. who knows honorary you're probably round six by now <laughs> well uh matthew thank you for your time it's always a pleasure catching up with you i uh, oh, love it and anytime anytime uh good stuff and i'll let alex and, and pat know you say hello and uh, you know what i'm gonna get jeff on i i've i've pitched jeff and he said yes and i need to make that happen Jeff is a perfect example of what I was talking about before. I reached out. I was going to, I was up in Seattle for GFM. Mm -hmm. I had never met Jeff before. I sent him a message. Hey, I'm going to be up in Seattle. Would love to, you know, connect one day for a drink. Mm -hmm. And his response back was, you need a place to crash. Right. And literally it was like, you know, when he picked me up from the airport or, uh, or no, actually I, I, from the airport, I went right to the gym because he was teaching a class and it was like, Matt, Jeff, Hey, nice to meet you. Let's go to my house now. Like it, it's that's, that's the community. I love it. But and then, yeah, Jeff, Jeff's a, Jeff's a real good guy. I had a good time that weekend. I had a good time with them. He, he just died. Uh, and he's super strong too. I mean, if you follow Jeff, uh, the so on there on the, on Instagrams, he's always posting fun stuff, strong stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And uh, you know what? Always learn from him, too. You know, just because, you know, I, I've been part of the system longer doesn't mean, you know, hey, I'm not going to learn from him. He's posted some cues that it's like, oh, why didn't I think of that? And, you know, use them with, you know, my athletes now. You know, take cues from everywhere. There, there are cues that I've learned from the students, from the participants. Right. At the courses that was like, oh, well, hey, what do you think of this? Because I've used this to teach this movement to, you know, my students. It's like, I like it. I really like this. 
right? You know, always learning. Always learning. Hashtag always learning. Yeah. <laughs> this is so true. Throw one of those hash browns at the end of it. Send it to the interweb. Oh, <laughs> uh, eggs band. What show? What show? I don't know. What show is that? <sighs> Cobra Kai. I haven't watched it yet. I'm out. Yeah, I know what you're going for the rest of the night now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. Well, I'll get to that. Well, uh, Matt, much love to you and your family. Uh, tell uh, the kiddos hello. Um, Engagement.com podcast listeners, thank you so much for checking this out. I'm going to have links below. I have so many notes for this podcast, more notes than any other podcast yet. Um, a lot of resources. And Glad I can help, man. Anytime, you know, and the same thing with your listeners, you know, put some of my, uh, you know, they can reach me, Matthew at StaffordStrength.com. Send me a message on Facebook, man. Any questions, I'll always, uh, always try to answer. Oh, much appreciated. I'm sure you'll get a lot of questions because you brought up a lot of very good um, points here. All right. Well, we'll wrap this one up. All right, guys. Um, thanks for checking out the podcast. Matthew Flaherty, take care. I'll talk to you guys soon.